I don't want to, um, I'm not trying to move fast in this moment. Is that okay? We ain't got nowhere to go. It's cold outside. <laughs> we ain't got nowhere to be but cold. So we might as well stay in God's presence together. Amen. At the conclusion of this message, there's going to be time for you to speak to Jesus face to face. And our prophetic team will be over here and they'll be ready for you. If you want to receive a prophetic word, that'll be awesome. But everybody will be encouraged at the end of this message to get in God's face. And so I don't want to rush this. I don't want to make this anything other than what he wants it to be. So let's just give him some time. Let's let the Holy Spirit move for a second. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Less of me and more of you. None of me, all of you. We surrender it all. We surrender it all unto you. If that is your heart posture today, sing that out. Say, I surrender all. I surrender all. Unto thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. One more time, sing that out. I surrender all. To thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender Amen. The title of my message today is Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. Try to say it. <laughs> that sounds good. Y'all do good already. All right. Amen. <laughs> That's the title of my message today, Baruch Abba Hashem Adonai, and what it means is blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I'll get into it throughout my word, but we're pointing to Jesus and saying he is blessed, he is holy, he is worthy, he is the word made flesh, he is our savior, the one that we need. Blessed is he. We acknowledge that it is him. We acknowledge that he is the only one. And so today, before we get there, I want to start back in Genesis. Genesis 32, verse 24. We get to look at Jacob. Jacob is getting ready to go meet his brother Esau. He's running from his uncle. He just stole a bunch of sheep. It's kind of a crazy story. But he's getting ready to go and meet with his brother. And he sends his, sends his treasure ahead. He's with his wives and his, a couple of his kids. And they get ready to go, but he's alone at this point, and he encounters God. He has an encounter with God, and I'm just going to read it straight from the text so that we can see what happens, what is going on, how this goes. And in Genesis 32, verse 24, it says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. 
Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called that place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. He had an encounter with God. And one of the things that just strikes me and is just (laughs) kind of comical in my mind is, what made Jacob start wrestling this guy, (laughs) right? He was walking down the street, walking past by himself. He sees a man and he says, you know what? I'm going to jump on him. What made Jacob wrestle him? Why? Why did he wrestle him? What made it? It doesn't say, oh, this happened and so that caused him to. No, it says he saw a man and he began to wrestle with him. He saw him, he began to wrestle. And what I hear the Holy Spirit saying through this verse is that when you recognize his presence, when you recognize his presence and you know his presence, you got to grab onto it. You don't have time to hesitate. You don't have time to ask any questions. You grab on and you begin to wrestle with it. And so what that word is for us just at the beginning of this story is that we have to be willing to wrestle with God. We have to be willing to wrestle with our Savior because he loves us. He's not afraid of us. Do you think that God is afraid of you? Do you think that there's anything that you can put before him that would take him back? Do you think there's anything that shocks him that we do? He created this universe. He created you. What could you come before him with that would shake him, that would surprise him? He made it. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can't wrestle with him about that will cause him to walk away from you. But what happens is is that our flesh comes in between us and him, and it causes us to let go when the going gets tough. It causes us to begin to wrestle, but we say, ah, it's been a while, so I'm going to let go because I'm tired. Or I'm in pain because he touched my hip, so i got to let that thing go. I can't keep wrestling with that. And what we have to do is become a church that is really good at wrestling with God and not letting go until we experience his presence. Until we see him face to face and are blessed. We have to become a church that moves beyond being a fan of Jesus. We can't be fans anymore, and unfortunately, our society and our culture, especially in this country, has become really good at making fans of Jesus. We've become really good at being fans of what this word says, of being fans of this entertaining music, being fans of these pretty messages that sound good and make us feel happy. We become fans of it, but when it comes time to wrestle, it's not as fun anymore. When it comes time to trust God and lay down our ego and our pride, we don't want to wrestle. When it comes time for us to forgive that person who destroyed your heart, that crushed your spirit, that doesn't deserve an ounce of your love, when it comes time to forgive them, we don't want to wrestle anymore if we're just fans. And so we have to become a church and a people that is done being fans of Jesus, become followers. There's a difference between fan culture and follower culture. Fan culture will leave when the going gets tough. Followers will pick up their cross daily. 
Followers will pick up this word daily. Followers will stay holding on like Jacob did, no matter how long it takes, no matter how hard it is, no matter how painful it is, even when you're alone, even when it's a struggle, even when it doesn't seem like it's going to stop, even when the going gets tough, followers of Christ hold on and pick up their cross and say, Lord, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not letting go until I see your face. I'll pick this word up each and every day. I'm not letting go. I won't let go. I'm holding on. But we have to get to a place as a church and as Christians that are really good at wrestling with God, that are really good with putting God to the test. He's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your insecurity. He's not afraid of you doubting him. Put it at his feet. Can I I trust you with my finances? God, put it to the test. Can I trust you with my time? Is it worth going into this church when it's two degrees outside, when it makes me look crazy? Is it worth getting up and being there? Put it to the test. I'm struggling with this addiction, God. I don't know if you really love me. Put it to the test. Wrestle with him. Let him see. There's nothing under the sun that he hasn't created. He made the sun. He's not scared of you. Bible says he rejoices over you. So why are we being rejoiced over by the creator of the universe trying to fight the idea of wrestling with him? We have to be people that wrestles with him. We have to be a people that trusts him wholeheartedly and holds on. Even when I'm broke, I'm going to tie. Even when I'm tired, I'm going to (laughs) serve. Even though that person gets on my last nerve, you you created them and I'm going to love them. I'm going to love that person because I love you. Because I love you and because I love you, there's nothing that you created that my heart isn't open to. I don't have the luxury to say, no, they don't deserve my love. They hurt me. They're annoying We have to get to a place where we are willing to wrestle with God. We can't treat this place like a movie theater. Think about it when you go to the movie. Maybe it's the new Spider-Man. We all love Spider-Man. You go in, you sit down, you watch Spider-Man with 100, 200 other people. You enjoy it. It's amazing. It's impactful. It inspires you to go try to jump off your couch and land in a cool way. <laughs> Maybe that's just, that's just David. That's how he does it. But <laughs> it inspires you. It moves you. So I can fight crime. Great power comes great responsibility. Yes, Jesus. No. Um, <laughs> but you get inspired. You get excited. You get moved by this beautiful, beautiful show. But what happens when it's done? You get up, you walk out. You don't talk to the people you were in the theater with. You don't pray for those people. You don't care about them. You don't reverence the theater that you were in. You just go in, watch your show, and get out. We have to stop letting that culture seep into the church. This isn't a show. This isn't a movie. This isn't entertainment. These people aren't also viewers. This is our body. This is the temple. You have to reverence it. You have to recognize it the same way Jacob recognized it. And jump on it and not let go. When you get into this room and they say, come up to the altar, you run to it and throw your hands up. When you hear the spirit, when you feel the spirit moving and you hear the word of God, let it leap out of your soul and say amen. When you know that it is anointed, when you know the presence of God abides here, treat it that way. Stop treating it like Spider-Man. Walking out of here afterwards, being done. No, talk to the person across the aisle. Talk to them. Do life with them. Go to dinner with them. Pray for each other. Be like the early church. Give to one another. Be there. 
spur each other on. We have to stop treating this like a movie theater and treating it like Jacob when he saw God. Otherwise, we become a people that get offended. The songs aren't my favorite. The message isn't that good. That pastor's only been preaching since February. He's really not anointed enough to be up there. I don't like his outfit. I don't like his hat when he preaches. The lady across the aisle from me gave me a dirty look, and then this person talked to me mean, and I wanted to start a sewing ministry, and they didn't let me, and then this happened, and now I'm church hurt. And when I see that over and over, I've been here for 29 years, I say, you're not church hurt, you were a fan. You are a fan because that's not what this word says. You were a fan of this word. You were a fan of what this says, but you weren't willing to be a follower of it and pick up your cross and say, I recognize anointing when I see it. And when I see it, I'm holding on to it even when it hurts, even when I don't agree, even when I don't like the song, even when I don't like his hat, even when I'm not here getting my flesh filled up. I'm not here to be entertained. I'm not here for a movie theater. I'm here to pick up my cross and see Jesus face to face. We have to go from fans to followers. Because what happens is when you wrestle with God and you don't let go. Look at somebody say, don't let go. When you wrestle with God and you don't let go, that's where transformation happens. That's where blessings are able to invade the earth. That's when you're able to walk into rooms and take territory where generational curses are broken, where insecurities are ripped off, where chains of bondage are broken. When you are able to wrestle with God and not let go, You are able to experience him. You're able to see him face to face. And I want this to be a church that is good at seeing Jesus face to face, at seeking him with all their heart in every season, good and bad. I want us to be a church, and I want us to make it a goal as a church that seeks Jesus. And when they find him, they don't let go. No matter how bad a person hurts you, You're not holding on to people. You're holding on to Jesus. Stop trying to hold on to people and make them your Lord and Savior. They're going to fail you every time. Let them go and grab on to the one that's worth wrestling. There's three things that happen when you wrestle with God and you don't let go. The first one is he changes how you walk. He changes how you walk. We see Jacob, we see him wrestling with God, and it comes till daybreak, and he's like not letting go. And God's like, all right, man, look, the sun's coming up. I know you're tired. Let go. Jacob said, nope, not letting go. It says the Lord touches his hip, messes it all up, wrenches his hip. And it says in the word that he walked with a limp for the rest of his days. When you wrestle with God and you don't let go, He changes how you walk. He changes your behavior. He changes the way that you act, the way that you live, the way that you are moving in this world. He changes it. That thing that you walked in here with, that thing that you've been struggling with, that behavior, that trait, that quality that isn't so pretty, when you encounter him face to face and you don't let go, he fixes it. He touches it and it changes. That addiction that won't break, he touches it and it breaks off. The old lifestyle that you used to live, that thing that you struggled with, if you become a follower that holds on and is willing to wrestle with him and you lay it down at his feet, God, here's my depression. I keep walking a little bit. God, here's my depression again. God, here's my depression again. It's another day. It's getting hard. God, here it is. Speak to me through this word. Here's my depression again. 
Here's my insecurity again. I can feel it, but I'm not letting go of you. I feel the pain. I feel the pain. I feel it, but I'm not letting go of you. Here it is. Here it is. Take it. I'm not going to try to hold on and hide it. Every single day when you pick this up and you wrestle with him, you lay it at his feet, he's able to change how you walk. And it's not just for you. It's a beautiful thing when you get to receive freedom. It's a beautiful thing when you get freed from that thing. But it's also for those that are around you. Because it said that Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life. He walked around like this with his hip wrenched. For the rest of his life, people could see that he was touched by God. He wrestled with God and didn't let go. And so there's proof of that. There's evidence of that. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, it says, Today I have given you a choice between death and life, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choices you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. That limp isn't just for you. It says that he is calling upon heaven and earth to look at you, to look at how you're walking and see how it is that that you walk with that limp. He's saying you should be proud of it. Be proud that you walk with the limp because it is proof that I've touched you. You shouldn't walk like the rest of the world. You shouldn't look like everybody else. If you are a follower of Christ, you should walk with a limp. There should be things that you don't do. There should be drinks that you don't consume. There should be porn that you don't normalize watching. There should be addictions that you don't normalize and edify in your life. There should be. There should be a level of peace and comfort that you walk in that doesn't cause you to have outbursts of anger where you cuss. You shouldn't walk like that. And he's saying that I'm calling on heaven and earth, and that's why I tell the elders that are above me, I'm 29 years old. I need to see what it looks like at 35 years old to walk with that limp. I need to see what it looks like at 45, 55, 65, 75. I need to see what it looks like at the very end to always walk with that limp that doesn't look like the rest of the world. And you better believe I understand the importance of those that are coming behind me. They need to see it. They need to know what it looks like to walk with that limp and walk proud. Not somebody who walks with the limp into church and the second they walk out, they straighten up and look like the rest of the world. That's not who we've been called to be. That's fan behavior. He changes the way that you walk. He changes the way that you move. There's a transformation. And he's calling upon heaven and earth to watch. So that your descendants can see. So that those babies we dedicated can see. That this isn't just for fans. This isn't a fan. This isn't a show. This isn't a movie theater. This is the body of Christ. This is his temple. And these are people who will fight. These are people who will wrestle and hold on in situations that should kill them. These are people that will hold on and not move or waver until they're blessed. The second thing that happens is he changes your name. He changes your name. After he got done, he got through wrestling him, he said, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. My name is Jacob. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've let a lot of people down. I'm actually about to go meet my brother Esau, who I cheated. My name means deceiver. My name is Jacob. And the Lord said, no, no, not anymore. So you've encountered me. You didn't let go. You didn't get tired. You didn't give up. Your name is Israel now. Your name is Israel. Your name is my chosen one. Your name is my chosen people, the father of this nation that will bring forth my son. That's your name. And church, we have to encounter him. And we have to wrestle with him and we have to hold on and not let go so that we can find out what our name is.
We have to be able to see him face to face, to read this word, hear his voice and say, Lord, what is my name? The world's calling you deceiver. The world's calling you liar, addict, thief, cheater, angry person, insecure person, person that suffers from anxiety, depressed. The world's calling you these names. They put labels on you, ignorant, hateful. But we have to be able to run to him and hold on with all of our hearts and wake up every single day and say, Lord, what's my name? What's my name, God? What's my name? Because I don't want to hear what my name is from this world. I don't want to know what the world's calling me. I don't want to be called Jacob anymore. I don't want to be called deceiver anymore. Lord, I need to hear from you. What is it that you call me? The only way you know is by reading this. The only way that you know is by getting in your word, finding his promises that says you are above and not beneath. That you can do all things through him who gives you strength. That you are his child, that he loves you. Otherwise, the world is going to try to throw every single wrong thing you've ever done in your face. And if you let go and you stop wrestling, you're going to start to believe it. You have to be willing to fight. You have to be willing to wrestle with him and say, God, I know I made a mistake. What do you say about me? What do you call me? They're calling me Jacob, but what is my name from you? What is my name from you? And he rejoices over you and he says, listen, you are my child. You are not perfect, but you're not your mistakes. I've chosen you and I love you. And there's nothing you can do or bring before me that's going to make me run away from you. I'm not afraid of it. I'm here for you. We have to get good at seeking him. So he changes how we walk. He gives us a new name. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we all know this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have been made new. All things have been made new. When you wrestle with him and you find out your name, all things will be made new. You don't go by those old labels anymore. You don't walk like that anymore. There's people that DM me on Instagram, you preaching now? When did that start? That's not who you are. That's not who you used to be. That's not who I know you as. What you doing up there? And a part of me is like, I don't know. <laughs> when I, and I got to run to this because I'm like, Jesus, I don't know. What am I doing up there? <laughs> I'll see the real too, and I'll be like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to be on there. <laughs> but when I root myself in this, when I root myself in this, he says, when you're obedient, this is who you are. This is your name. Doesn't matter how they used to know you. Don't let the past control who you are in the future. That's a lie from hell. That is a lie from the enemy that anything that you've done has anything with what you're about to do. It has nothing to do with it, good or bad. You could have been the best Christian up until today. If you think that's going to carry you to tomorrow, it's not. Every single day. We have to renew with him. We have to pick up our cross daily. That's why Jesus told the disciples, count the costs. Because it costs something. This isn't free. It costs something. It costs something to wrestle. It might hurt. You might have to be patient and wait till daybreak. Anybody ever had a night that seemed like an eternity? When you're in agony and pain, when your thoughts just won't go away, when your heart is full of sorrow, you have to hold on. Say, I'm not letting go. I'll wait till the morning. I don't care if I'm alone. I don't care if it hurts. 
And I don't care if it feels like it's taken forever. I know that you are a patient God. And that you will never leave me or forsake me. Amen. The third thing that he does is he leaves you in awe. He leaves you in awe. Jacob spent an entire night wrestling with God. He spent an entire night wrestling with him, asking him to bless him. And finally, at the end of it, he says, what is your name? What is your name? And the Lord replies to him, he said, why are you asking me my name? Never tells him. He said, why are you asking me that? And blesses him. When you experience the Lord, when you have a face-to-face encounter with him, when you wrestle with him and you don't let go, he's going to leave you always wanting more. doesn't matter how much you get of him. When you truly indulge in this word, when you truly indulge in his presence, there's never a time where you come into it and you say, wow, I have it all figured out now. When you're truly a follower of a Christ, you don't ever figure it out. Why? Because he is infinite. He's alpha and omega. He's beginning and end. There is no end to what he is for us. And so the beautiful part of it is, is that when we wrestle with God and we don't let go, he leaves us in awe because we see him meet us and encounter us in all these different places, in every circumstance, in every situation, in every downfall, in every victory, every triumph. He is there with you. And when you wrestle with him and you don't let go, he leaves you in awe because you say, wow, God, you showed up here again. You showed up here again. You showed up over here in these intricate ways that just didn't make any sense. You fixed it, Lord. You were detailed. You know every hair on my head. You are detailed. And I know it because I've experienced you, because I've wrestled with you, and I've seen you face to face. And in every situation, you've revealed a new part of you to me. And you've left me in awe. Wow, how is the God that freed me from this able to be over here and fix this thing from my past? How is the God that was able to bring me through this circumstance able to stand with me in this new one and care about every intricate detail? How is he able to touch the heart of that broken family member and restore each and every piece? Thank you, Jesus. He leaves you in awe and wonder. He says, how? How? It's like when you get a gift and it's all the right stuff. It's the right size, the right colors. It's the exact one you wanted. Say, how? How did you know, right? You say that. How did you know? This is the exact one I wanted. Thank you, Jesus. He leaves you in awe when you meet him. He leaves you in awe and wanting more. He said, God, I need that again. I need that God that was there yesterday, today. I need him right now. I need to experience him today. And I want us to become a church that gets really good at finding God's face that gets really good at seeking the face of the Lord. In Psalm 24, five through six, it says, they will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God their savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. That's the characteristic of those who seek his face. They will receive blessings from the Lord. They will receive vindication from the Lord, their Savior, not from man, not from people, not from public opinion, not from your Facebook friends, not from your Instagram followers. They will receive vindication from the Lord, their Savior. They will be blessed by him because they seek his face. That is the characteristic of those that seek him. And as a church, I want us to commit to be a people who seek his face well. He says, God of Jacob, God of the one who will wrestle with you and not let go no matter what. We need to become a people that seek his face in every season. 
good and bad, happy and sad. We need to become a people that seek his face and pursue his presence so diligently, so hungrily, so just anxious for it that we can't live without it. You ever not eaten and you start to get a little anxious? That's how we should feel when we don't have the presence of God. Say, oh, I can feel right now that this is not good. I need to get in this word. When you don't eat for a while, like on this Daniel fast, I'm so tired of vegetables. But when you don't eat food for a while, what do you do? You start to get anxious. <gasps> What's going on? What did I, and they're like, why am I feeling like this? Oh, I haven't eaten. I haven't eaten my food. I haven't eaten my daily bread. We shouldn't be able to go throughout the day feeling okay without reading this word. You should be upset and anxious. You know what happens when a baby doesn't eat. That should be you. <laughs> you should be a cranky baby if you don't read this word. <laughs> Pray for that anointing when you come up here later. <laughs> God, make me a cranky baby. <laughs> Until I'm fed my daily bread. <laughs> That'll keep you in line. <laughs> but that's the characteristic of our generation that we want. That is the characteristic of this body that we are looking for. Those who seek him, seek his face, for who find their dignity rooted in heaven. We see in, when we see Jesus in Matthew 23, he gets to this place where he's getting ready to be done. He's getting ready to go up to heaven, be done with his ministry here on earth. And he's speaking to the religious leaders of the time. He's letting them know, hey, I see that you're stoning prophets. I see that you're killing them. I see that you're not listening. You're not believing what I'm saying. I know that you're about to kill me, right? He says, I see that you're not accepting what I'm trying to give you. So I see that you're accepting the fact that you love religion, that you're a fan of religion, but you're not a follower of the word made flesh, and he says, I'm letting you know now in Matthew 23, 39, and he actually is quoting Psalms 118, but he says, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch haba Bashem Adonai. You won't see me again until you say that. Because until you acknowledge that I am the Lord, your Savior, until you stop being a fan of religion and become a follower of the word made flesh, then you will not see me. You won't find me. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He's given us that promise that when we seek him with all of our heart, we'll find him. When we seek him with all of our heart, we'll find him. And when he says that, when he says, you won't see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, he's pointing to the end of times when he comes back. He's pointing to the end of times when he will rule and reign over this earth. And it's a beautiful thing, and that's what we say. We say, Lord, blessed are you. But what we want is to see you right now. We want to become a people that can see you now. And so as you move forward in this, in this service, as you move forward from this place, you can't leave the same way that you came in. We want to be a people that get good at seeking his face, that no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what the situation is, we can stand firm in knowing that we are seeking him and we can say it. We can say it unto the Lord. We can look up at his face and we can say, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. Lord, I'm acknowledging you. Jesus, I am acknowledging you as the one who is the word made flesh, our Savior. Baruch Hashem Adonai. You are the one. You are the one. You are blessed. You are the blessed one. You are the prophecy's truth. You are the root of Jesse. You are the one who died on the cross for me, and I want to see you now. If you could put my first one up there on the screen, because I want people to be able to read it and see it and say it. But as you leave here today, and as we get ready to close, I want us to be able to say this. 
Because what it is, is it's an acknowledgement. It's an acknowledgement of, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you right now. And just like you said, we won't see you until we say this. Well, guess what, Lord? Baruch haba Bashem Adonai. I'm acknowledging you as my Lord and Savior. As my Prince of Peace. As my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords. I'm acknowledging you as the only one worthy to sit on the throne of my heart. I'm acknowledging you as the only one that is holy. I come before you lowly and humble, poor in spirit. I say, Lord, you are our Savior. You are my Savior. I'll wrestle with you, God, and I won't let go. I just want to invite everybody to stand to your feet. Like I said before, I want us to be a people, a people who are good at seeking God's face, a people who are strong in their word. Of people who move through this life that others can recognize anointing on. Whether we're in a service and they walk into this sanctuary or you're out to eat with some friends, they should see that you walk with a limp. Of people that don't care about what they used to be called or what they used to do. That want a fresh anointing every single morning. And to know their name directly from heaven from their Lord and Savior, not from the people around them, the one that created them, a people who are left in awe by the goodness of God. And so as we close today, I want us to walk out of here saying that, Baruch haba Hashem Adonai. the going gets tough, when situations aren't good, when it's painful, when it's taken a long time, when it looks dark, you look up to heaven and you say, Baruch Abab Hashem Adonai. You are the Savior. You are the Holy One and I want to see you. You said when I say these words, I'll see you. So I want to see you right now, Jesus. I want to see you right now. I need to see you right now. If you feel the Holy Spirit right now, I want you to move forward in this room. If you feel the Holy Spirit, he said, I want to speak with you right now. Move forward. Come up to this altar. Because we're going to get in God's face and we're going to seek him with all of our heart. That's the promise he gave us, that when we seek him with all of our heart, he'll be found. There's room up here. Don't be intimidated by this moment. When you recognize that you have to grab onto it and move. Get in his face today. Don't walk out of here the same way that you walked in. Don't let go until you're blessed. Don't allow this moment to deter you. Don't allow whatever you walked in here with to deter you. Walk out of here with a limp today. Get in Jesus' face today and say, I'm grabbing onto you right now and I'm not letting go. I'm grabbing onto you right now and I'm not letting go. With every hand in this room lifted to heaven, say, Lord, we are here for you. We are here for you, God. We acknowledge you as our Savior. Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. We acknowledge you as our Savior, God. We acknowledge you as the one that is blessed, the Lord made flesh, the one that sits on the throne. Lord, you are the only one that can bring forth healing. You are the only one that can break chains. Lord, we are here for you right now. Say, God, I want to see 
see your face. I need to see your face right now, Lord. I need to hear your voice. I need to know what my name is, God. I laid down what I was called before because I need to know what my name is from you. I don't want to walk how I walked before. Allow me to walk differently, Lord. Allow me to be proud of this limp. Allow me not to try and hide it. Give me the integrity to not try to hide it when I'm alone. And Lord, leave me in awe and leave me in wonder. Let's begin to have that moment with him right now. Have that moment with him right now. I can't have it for you. You have that moment with him right now. And you speak that out. Say, Baruch Haba, Hashem Adonai. Hashem Adonai. Baruch Haba. Hashem Adonai. Baruch Haba. Hashem Lord, I 
Rest in his sweet presence right now. See him face to face right now. the Holy Spirit saying he's whispering in your name and in your ear the name that he calls you he's speaking it to you right now he's speaking your name into your ear right now so you walked in here getting called something else but you're gonna leave here with the name I gave you you're gonna leave here today being called chosen one going to leave here knowing and being confident in the fact that he died on that cross for you he saw you worthy that he is rejoicing over you meet him face to face right now
my life sing that out I acknowledge you as king of my heart sing unto you Open our eyes. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the price that you have already paid. We step into alignment with you. Lord, help us to be a people that seek your face. Allow us to make your presence our priority, God, above all else. Lord, we repent for treating it less than. We repent for ever being irreverent, Lord, and treating this like a movie theater, God. Lord, we acknowledge you as our Savior. We say, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. And we want to see you, Jesus. In every day of our lives, and every time we gather in this room, we want to see you, Lord. Church, if that is your heart's cry, raise your hands to heaven right now and say, we want to see you, Jesus. I want to see you in my heart. I want to see you evident in my life, God. Help me to walk out of this room differently than I came in. Lord, allow me to walk with the limp, Jesus. Allow me to walk with the limp as proof that you have touched me, God, that you have changed my life, Jesus. Allow me to walk with the reassurance of my name that I have received from you with the dignity that is found in heaven, that is found only in you, Jesus. Allow me to be left in awe, God. Allow me to be left in awe every time I experience you. Don't let me treat it like it's common, Lord. Allow me to be left in all every single time Lord allow us to be a people that seeks after you Jesus we want to see you God Baruch Baba Shem Adonai we want to see you Jesus you are the Lord you are the King you are the word made flesh you are my everything Jesus we thank you we thank you for your presence. I thank you for the chains that have been broken in this room today. I thank you for the healing that has happened in this room today. I thank you for the encounter people have had with you today. Allow that to become the standard of this house. Lord, make your anointing the standard. Not good words or good worship, but you. Allow us to encounter you and allow us to never move until we do. We commit to wrestling with you. We commit to wrestling with you until we experience you and we have your heart. We're done throwing people away. We're done walking away. We don't want to be fans. We want to pick up our cross and be followers of you each and every day of our lives, Jesus. We recommit our hearts to you right now. And if you've never given your heart to the Lord, this is the perfect time. He's right here in front of you. So talk to him. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. Take my desires and replace them with yours. Wash me new. Be the Lord of my life. Be the king of my heart each and every day. I acknowledge you as the Savior. Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. You are the one who is blessed. There's nothing we can add to it. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this moment. We ask that you will walk out of here with us today, God. I pray that there is an anointing that is falling on this room that as they move forward and they walk forward from this place, that they will be dripping in oil from heaven. That the healing oil of heaven will be dripping off of them. That when they pray for people, it won't be like just anybody is praying for them. That they will hear the voice of God and feel the tangible presence of heaven when they walk into the room, Jesus. I pray for that kind of anointing. I pray for a double portion, Lord, from the ones that came before us till now. I pray that we pick that mantle up and do greater things in your name, Jesus, as we walk through this life with your Holy Spirit. I pray that the people standing before you will be conduits of healing that they are standing in the gap right now for those that need a healing in their body. 
and that they will step into alignment with the promises of what you paid for on that cross. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. Amen. You, feel, you don't have to move. You don't have to go. You don't have to run away. You spend as much time as you need. If you're not done wrestling with God, you stay right where you at. But for those of you that are heading out, God bless you. Live right. Love everybody and pray hard. We'll see you next time.